Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Drew here. I want to welcome you guys to the, I guess, episode two of the Phoenix Down show or podcast or just Phoenix Down. Mm. We, we haven't really figured out what this is. Is it is it podcast? I, I think Phoenix Down just stands on its own. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Welcome to, welcome to episode two of Phoenix Down. Yeah, that was smooth. There we go. 2.0, right? Yes, yeah, 2.0, because uh, the second episode of the Halo one is 1.1, so I guess we're going to be 2.0 and 2.1 uh, this go-round. But um, tonight, or today, or whenever you're listening to this, I have with me, uh, as always, Matt Quinn. Hello. And a, uh, a rather new uh, contributor, slash reviewer, slash guy who does a lot of stuff at the site now um dave pay early oh you nailed it i did nail it i was gonna say pirelli but that's different but um so we're playing a game that's not necessarily very old came out two years ago and i know this is the phoenix down phoenix down it's hard to say you have to say something after down (laughs) That's, that's the problem, but so, but the the whole concept of the Phoenix Down is to revitalize or, or give new life to an older game. But we always just like to play games that we either have owned for a long time and never got around to playing, which happens a lot nowadays for some reason. I think we always have too much money. Yeah. Um, or you know, a game that we played that we want to come back to, and since. This game has been sitting on my Steam account for two years, um, and we finally decided we're going to do Amnesia, The Dark Descent. Uh, it came out in 2010, I believe. Was it during Halloween, like around October or something like that? Or maybe I'm crazy. I can't remember. Um, but it's made by... Um, fr- is it Frictional Games? Yeah, Frictional. Frictional yep. Games... Uh, it's a uh, Sweden, right? They're from Sweden. Yes. They're Nordic. Um, and they created this game after their... I guess it was somewhat of a success of Penumbra. Um, Penumbra is another... Um, not, since, not necessarily a survival horror game, but a horror game. Um, and this is their first one where they actually delve deep into... I guess more like a story-driven game. I never played Penumbra, but yeah, I, I didn't either. From what I understand, Penumbra is not that much of a story going on. Maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> um, but this, but Amnesia is definitely more of a story-driven game. Um, and the from from the rumors that I heard was that they originally had combat in this game, uh, but they they took out the combat to save money. I'm glad they did. Yes. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was just gonna say that that sense of uh, of dread really is driven home by the fact that the game itself basically tells you, "Hey, if you see something, just run. You're not doing shit." That is the best thing to do in uh, <laughs> in, in in this game is just run, which I do a lot of in this game. Um, but yeah, let's see here. I'm, I'm actually looking at. Excuse me. It actually um. It came out on Steam September 8th, 2012. Um, and uh, they actually had a retail uh, version of it, too, come out in 2011 in February. So it was it was popular enough to to actually, I guess, have it on store shelves and stuff like that. Good for them. There aren't, aren't a whole lot of horror games out there that are actually even trying to be scary. So I'm glad they found some measure of success with this and... Looks like there's a sequel coming, so I'm happy yeah. about that. They say that there is a direct sequel um, to the game called Amnesia: Machine for Pigs. So that's that's a very weird name, but um. So let's I guess let's just get right down into it. Um, the game is a I want it's a first person perspective. I always everybody says first person shooter, but obviously there is no combat in this game, so you're not shooting anything. You can't throw stuff, though, but that does nothing. Um, but it's a first-person 
perspective game where you play as a man named Daniel. And Daniel is slowly, at the beginning of the game, losing his memory. He's trying to relay... Well, he's already lost his memory, right? It's, it's, well, he's you slowly know, regaining it. No, no, no. He, he's slowly losing it. Remember, at the very beginning of the game, he's like, he's saying, your name, my name is Daniel, I live in London... Uh, and he start he starts naming all this stuff, and by the end of it, he's he's like, my name, I'm I'm Daniel. Like he's like he's totally forgetting everything. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up, and he is basically finding out he has left himself notes and uh, memos to himself, trying to remind him of certain things. And at this point. Which very early on, you actually you you find your first note, I believe, is basically saying who you are. Your name's Daniel. Uh, you have been wronged by this man who is actually the baron of this castle that you're in, and you need to go kill him. And that's that's all he 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 says. So at this point, what are you guys' thoughts on this? You know, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to come out and say that the whole amnesia aspect is tired. And, you know, as I started the game, I'm like, I wish there was just one nice cutscene setting up the castle, setting up what I'm doing here, and not relying on the amnesia as a way to skip out on those details. But,. As I'm playing through the game, I, I, I really like the notes, and I really like the slow unfolding of the stories. Yeah. So I, I've become a little bit more okay with the amnesia aspect, I think because it's well done. Although I don't particularly like amnesia, with, with the title of the game, it's probably hard to get around it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I, all of that stuff is, is put together really well. Uh, I think it's kind of you know pieced out and nicely enough that you never get a whole lot of information at once, but you get enough to kind of string you along to the next thing. Um, but that early part really, I think, kind of gave me a little bit of a skewed perspective on what the game was going to be. When you, know, you get that first, you got to go here and kill this guy. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, you know, quest number one. <laughs> and, and, you know, I kill this guy and, and then I go on from there. And, and obviously, I'm, I'm figuring out that is the end goal and not the first of a set of goals. Right. Yeah. You know, I will say that the first impression that I got from this game, which you know, I, which I totally forgot to mention, you know, our history with the game. I I bought this game whenever it first launched because I had heard of Penumbra, I never played it. And uh, Steam, I think, you know how they usually have a new game come out; they usually have it like ten percent off or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked it up. And was really excited for it, you know. And I started playing it, and the first vibe I got from it, and the first me speculating was, this is going to end up being Memento, if you guys have ever seen that movie. Yep. Yeah, I could see that. Where Daniel is actually really the bad guy. <laughs> and, he, and he is leaving himself notes to basically get revenge you know, kind of deal. Which, I mean, is basically what it is. I mean, he just comes out and says, yes, I want you to kill this person. Um, but I think there's more to the story than than what we're seeing. That's just me. I mean, I, I've, I've never finished this game. I've got to where we are now, like, w- like where we stopped playing, this is as far as I've ever gotten. Um, and I've only tried playing it probably about three times because truth be told, this game is frightening at times <laughs> that is true um yeah so let's see here i'm trying i'm trying to imagine so you got this whole aspect of walking through this gigantic castle you're finding notes left by yourself as well as notes and old pieces of diary that is this daniel's diary as well but it's something that happened years ago like a couple like like year two or three years ago kind of thing do you mean the uh the trip to 
Yeah. Algeria to find the tomb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is this this has got a very I I, won't, I don't want to say Lovecraft feel to it. Oh, it definitely feels Lovecraftian to me. But the, isn't Lovecraftian? Definitely. But isn't Lovecraftian stuff supposed to be in the twenties and thirties? Yeah, but the whole idea of as you approach this evil, you lose your sanity. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, that's like the short definition of Lovecraftian horror, I thought. Okay. Well, see, I was always, every time I thought Lovecraftian, I always thought mystical stuff, but 1930s with guys with guns, but there's also mythical monsters. And see, this takes place in, what, 1839, I think? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the date on the, most of the notes. Yeah. It's 1839 or 1840. Somewhere around in there. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I totally see the Lovecraft stuff in it, but I was just, I had a different mindset. But, um, so you got this whole, it's, it's a mystical thing because you start, you start getting these, finding these diaries of Daniel basically going on this expedition to Algeria where they go to this temple. It's like a tomb that they basically start, um, what is it called? Excavating. Yeah, excavating. 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 I'm a redneck, so you have to help me out with this stuff. <laughs> excavating. Excavating. Like bringing in them bones, but um. So so they start digging, and there's this this whole huge story from the beginning half of this game talking about how, you know, they're at this site. He gets trapped and comes across this orb that shines very very brightly. And he grabs the orb and wakes up, and the orb is in a bunch of pieces, and he's trying to reassemble them. He goes back to London because, you know, he's, he's went through a traumatic event. He's, you know, he's seeing a bunch of doctors and a bunch of historian guys trying to figure out what this orb is. And um, he starts seeing that the people he comes in contact with as far as this artifact goes, starts ending up getting killed. So he starts freaking out. Well, and then there's there's other aspects to that. Is as he tries to piece back together the orb, he finds that the pieces are changing shape each time he goes back to it. Um, there's that whole kind of side thing with his recollection of you know being trapped, and then his partner on the expedition writing about how he was down there for an hour. Yeah. You know, so, and him feeling like it was just a few minutes. Yeah, so there, there's some other like sort of weird things going on in the background with his recollections uh, of that stuff as well. Yeah. Matt, go ahead. So is there only uh, one orb? No, there's a, it's actually explained that he found the pieces of this orb and there was another man saying, see, the, the, his partner said Herbert, that right? Herbert went back down after he went back to London and found another orb. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. It, yeah, there's there's a diary or something somewhere that's basically like, well, how can he have an orb? I've got the orb. Yeah. But not only do we have those notes, those diaries, but we're also getting... It's a mixture of things. So we're getting flashbacks. Like sometimes when you step into a room, the, the screen will flash and he starts hearing voices, recollections of of things when he first arrived to the castle where he's talking to the Baron. What's the Baron's name? Alexander. At Baron Alexander. Okay. Von Brennan something, whatever the name of the castle Brennenburg. is. Brennenburg. There you go. Brennenburg. And uh, he's having these recollections. Um... You can tell, obviously, that Brennenberg is a very mysterious man who's always like, don't worry about it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So he, he has those, but he's also finding other pieces of, of I don't know, it, some of it's Brennenberg's notes. Some of it is also um, just other people's notes, I believe. Yeah, there's another guy, Wilhelm. Yeah, Wilhelm. So, and, you know, and I... And- kind of what we're we're talking on is pretty much my favorite aspect of this game is that there are all these different story bits 
and they are kind of revealed to us in different ways, be it through journals or flashbacks or some interactive sequences. And I really love that it's not super linear. And like I, you know, the whole thing with Herbert and his orb and this other orb and what's happening at the castle. I, I don't know how the, this game ends at all, but I love that there's all these different threads of story. And, and I, you know, I can't wait to see how they're all tying together if they do. Yeah. So you start, you start realizing, which obviously, you know, Brennan Berg is a bad guy, um, but you start realizing exactly how sinister this guy is. So Wilhelm, I believe was like his lackey. Yeah, pretty much. Where he, he was basically Igor, where he sent Igor out <laughs> to go, like, kidnap things. Like, he, he originally started gathering up animals, and he was doing these tests on these animals. And he finally started saying, well, there's some kind of, there's something in human beings that will allow, some kind of energy, like dark energy or something like that. Yeah, the Vitae. Right? Yeah, when you, when, you, when you do a certain experiment on something, it releases this energy. He tried dogs. Dogs don't have enough energy, but he says that human beings do. So he finally starts kidnapping people, bringing them to his laboratory, and doing experiments on them. And you get the account of Wilhelm and how he 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 feels bad, but I think he feels like he's in debt to Brennenberg, like he took him in or something like that. I I don't know. He he was doing all this for. Um, Brennenberg, I think, for a reason, for his own personal gain, because there was one part where they said something about he was kidnapping these people in exchange for um, Brennenberg kind of talking him up so that he could gain more uh, uh, clout in society or something, like yeah. some order. So he basically he was he was using Alexander to advance himself while he was kidnapping people for Alexander. Gotcha. And, um, you know, so we find out he's doing these experiments. We don't really know what they pertain to. Um, but you, you know, you start finally start piecing some stuff together. It has to do, it has to be something to do with those orbs that's been found because the last, one of the last few notes of, uh, of Daniel's diary that you read is basically, him being invited by Brennenberg to come to the castle. Yeah. And um, uh, I guess sharing their work together or something like that. He, he didn't even know. Um, I'm trying to imagine if there's anything else about the notes. You guys have anything to add about them? Well, eventually Alexander killed Wilhelm. Not, not directly, but... He, uh, he locked him in the cellar, in the wine cellar. There was him, yeah, he, him, and two other guys. Yeah, yeah bo- I think those other people. The wine cellar. Yeah, and they all died in there, right? I think. Uh, yes. Yes, they they he he locked them in the wine cellar with poisoned wine. But yeah, uh, that's, that's, how, that's yeah, right. Gotcha. Because I remember, like Wilhelm's last diary was like his insides were burning or something like that. Yeah. Um. The. Go ahead, go ahead, Dave. I hear you. Oh, oh, I, I was just curious on the on the game launch screen. There's two buttons that have yes. additional story elements. Have you? I haven't read those yet. If you guys have, and and do they tie into the main game or are they just additional filler? I haven't touched them. I haven't touched them yet, but the ones you're talking about, they say like "Remember Justine." Yeah. Yeah, I haven't read those yet, but I'm curious too. Um, that may be something for after the game. I don't really know, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I, I'd like to mention as far as like discovery and stuff like that is, did any of you guys run into, I've ran into two of them, two what looked like little artifacts or something, and when you touch them, the screen turns white and it has black text. There's no reading or anything. Yeah, I've found both of those because I keep trying to pick them up and it's just when you touch it you get this screen of text that s- seems disconnected and that it's not direct story stuff but I'm guessing relates back in some way shape or form yeah Matt have you read any of those hmm I'm not sure I don't 
I don't think so. They're little white looking capsules that have a blue orb on top of them. Mm, I don't think I saw them. Hmm. Um, I want to say one of them. Did you ever see the kill room where he like he killed the dogs and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was in the adjacent room to that. One of them was. Yeah, after you go out on the ledge. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's over there. That's the second one. I don't remember where the first one is. It's somewhere it, in the study? Uh, no, it was it was um Oh. In like one of the 20 studies in this case. Yeah. <laughs> um no, no, no. It was down in the storage room? No. It, it was before storage. Yeah, it was before storage. It was down there. Uh, was it in the wine cellar? It, it could have been. It, 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 it might have been down the wine cellar because I remember it was in a desk. Like the door. Where you open up the door of the desk. Mm. But, um, yeah. But I have no idea what those things do. Um, so... That's as as much as we can get out of the story right now. I mean, it's interesting, and I mean, I, I think I kind of understand it. Um, but the thing that I guess everybody would love to get into is the gameplay. So the gameplay is is a mixed bag of everything. It seems like so you can get killed by either getting attacked by those creatures that chase after you. Or by touching this red stuff that appears out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah. That kind of pisses me off because that stuff will just appear in it. I just so happen to be standing in it, and so I'll take <laughs> I'll take damage. Yeah, that's happened to me a couple of times. You don't gain life back over time, do you? Mm, don't know. I mean, there's no I... there's no like life bar or anything in this game. I mean, there kind of is. If you pause you get... it, you get the heart. Yeah. And it'll give you kind of like a description of your status. I I feel like at least once I noticed that I was pretty close to death, and the next time I looked at it, I was back to a few cuts and bruises. And you so didn't drink I anything? Didn't, <laughs> I didn't drink anything, so I don't know if it's one of those things where you can heal back up to a certain point. You can't heal up all the way. Hmm. Or if I was just mistaken, but I, I specifically noticed... Because I was going, I finally found a thing, and I was going to take it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm not doing so bad." Huh. Yeah, I never, uh, I wasn't really paying attention to my life because I, it seemed like the couple of times that I died, I went from full health to dead rather quickly. Yeah, I mean, you can only take about three hits. Yeah. Until you're dead. Um, I haven't died this playthrough, but I did die once on my. Not first playthrough, but second play or second try to play through the game. Yeah. So, so, so I know it doesn't always work. Yeah. So I mean, you, you, sometimes it's best just to run. So as we mentioned before, there is no combat in this game, but there is this unique ability that is basically is is good. Well, I mean, it's basically all bad, but <laughs> you have a sanity meter, um, or not really a meter. It's much like the health, where it gives you status updates basically which is really cool the way they do it i really like the whole like visual distortions and audio distortions and yeah yeah so basically this game has a lot to do with darkness and light when you're in light or lighted up areas illuminated areas you regain sanity and everything becomes clear your vision becomes clear you can move better stuff like that when you're in total darkness, you start to lose sanity. And very slowly, the screen will start to kind of get wavy. When you move, your head kind of does like a whole... It's almost like you're drunk yeah. kind of deal. Um, and you don't I, don't... I don't think you can run as fast. Maybe I'm crazy. It seems like you can't run as fast. I'm not sure. That, and, that might be true. Yeah. And the, the the craziest thing, because I'm using a headset whenever I'm playing this, is this freaking crunching sound. Yeah. It sounds like your brain is being eaten by something. Yeah, so I thought it was the bugs on the ground. Is it 
that, like that's more what like I a thought clicking, too. Clicking like insect that, sound. I think that's just you going crazy. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that has anything to do with the bugs because the bugs do appear like once or twice, but th- that sound is definitely there whenever I'm just like sitting in a corner in the darkness somewhere, hmm. and it just sounds so friggin' weird. But the the sanity basically, if you see something that's disturbing, like or something supernatural, you start losing sanity as well. Since you can't attack any enemies, you have to hide from them. You have to hide from them in total darkness because they can't see you in darkness. So, it's, it's, it's the weirdest balance I've ever seen in my life. So, you can't see disturbing images. So, you can't look at the bad guys. But you have to look at the bad guys to see if they're coming <laughs> your way. Yeah. The more you look at them the shittier your vision is. And it's just, it's like this frantic balance of, all right, is he coming? I don't know. I I don't need to look, but we need to look anyway. You know, it's just, you don't really know what to do sometimes. Yeah. And it, it, I think it would be like uh, a knock on the game. If there were more enemies, it would become rather tedious, I think. But this isn't like a stealth game where you're, hiding from people around every corner. There aren't that many enemies in this game, so it each time you encounter one it is kind of frantic. Yeah. Yeah, but, you just you you just don't see a lot of them, but it is that hard balance of if I want to keep this guy from killing me, I've got to crouch in this dark corner, which will eventually drive me insane. So you <laughs> wind up with kind of this stick and move thing. You're trying to bait guys around a corner or into a room that you can close the door to um, before you lose it. Now, I'm curious, can you actually die from insanity? Yeah, I don't know if that actually ties into your health at all. See, I don't know if like if you're in if your sanity goes you know, completely away if you just like fall over dead or crazy or have a heart attack. Yeah, heart attack or something because like the descriptions are like, what is it? I got a slight headache. Um, I got a pounding headache. My hands are shaking, and then the rest of the, it's just an ellipsis. <laughs> it's like you you've lost it. So I, I've never like, I guess I've never taken damage from from going insane, but I have been in parts where like I, it's it's even hard for me to even function without getting some type of light source. So. Um, so the enemies in the game, I don't really know how to describe them. Uh, uh, so I've only seen two real enemies. One of them was this like white fleshed abomination where its skin was all saggy and its mouth was hanging open. Yeah. And that's the one I, I know what that one looks like because that's the one I was hiding in the corner and then it just came up to me and started clawing me in the back, so I just turned around and looked at it right right in its face before it <laughs> killed me. And then the only other one that I really remember are the ones that the one that you can't see. Yeah. The, I believe it I, I looked it up. It's called a Kernk. K A E R N K, the invisible one that's in the uh watery section. Yeah. Oh God, that was the worst. Oh my <laughs> god. So the first time you're ever introduced to an enemy with the, the white saggy looking things. And it's only for a split second. It's yeah. whenever you're, I, I, I can't even remember what the, the, the area was, but it was where that piano was playing. Was it near the archives? It was, there was the one it, long hallway. Yeah, it was the archives. That's what it was. So you're, you're, you're walking through this. So there's a hallway where you can come in and out basically from the both opposite sides, but you can also go around the long way and end up the hallway again. So you hear this piano playing this in the hallway. And when you go out to the piano, there's nothing there. It stopped playing. So you have to walk back around to solve a puzzle. When you come back through to the end of that hallway, you see at the entrance 
the other entrance at the far end of the hallway, you see this white little figure just walk right through the hallway. Like just, you know, for a brief second, he was in the hallway and now he's went into a corridor and I'm like, Jesus Christ, that is so friggin' creepy. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, they do growl and stuff like that, but I mean, it's faint and just seeing yeah. that. I mean, you know, pretty much throughout the whole game, you are hearing what sounds like enemies all around you, you know? Yeah. It sounds like there's something in every room next to you. The thing that I really thought of, you know, when I was playing this, because especially the, the first two times I saw the walking enemies, it was just like that. It was something walked in front of this doorway way far away from me. And then I finally saw one. It really reminded me of Jaws. You know, the, all of the tension in Jaws is built from the fact that you really don't see the shark at all. You'll see little bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. You really don't see the shark until the end. And it's just kind of like, you know, just seeing this shadow of a figure and knowing that it's there was probably scarier than having something come crashing through a door and jump out at me. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So you're introduced to them. Um, the, The next enemy is whenever you're going down into the waterway. And that's those invisible things. This is by far the scariest part of this game so far to me. Absolutely. Be- not only because you know it's there. Right. Because you can see it splashing where it's walking. You can't see it. There's this freaking ambient music playing. It's just like that the entire time. And you can hear it splashing. You can see it coming. You know it's there, but it still scares the ever-loving shit out of you every time you jump in that water. Yeah. And you have to solve friggin' puzzles in this water. <laughs> so, fortunately, this time around, I knew what to do, kind of. I had it in my head. I was like, all right, I remember how to do this. So, I, 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 I did what I needed to do. The first time I did this, I went all the way to the door, realized that you couldn't open it, so I had to go all the way back. And, I man, you're talking about freaking out, dude. I was just like, this thing is right behind me. And if I don't jump on this box and get out of this friggin' water, it's going to kill me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this is hands down the most intense part of the game so far, I thought. I I did that hallway back and forth about three times, trying to find what I was missing to get through that. And yeah, every time, it's, you know, you're just kind of running, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. You you know, it's like, it might be the most tension I've ever felt in a game like that, you know? Which is weird for a game that really doesn't penalize you for dying. You die, you pretty much start back in the same place. Fear of death. At least for me. I, uh... This was the part that really brought to my attention also the way the game helps you. Like, I, I think in the absence, you know, there's no there's no map or, or compass or anything telling you where to go. But I think that the, uh, like, the, the little mementos that you have. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Yeah, mementos. Yeah, so I, th- I think those are really well done because they're, they're kind of ordered out in the way that you need to do them. So when you find something that you have to do, it adds a little note to yourself. Yeah. And it, it puts them in the right order so that you're not trying to do something that you can't do. But this part with, with this little invisible monster also um, made it clear to me that they, they kind of help you when you die. Because the first time I walked in there, I just kind of walked in and stood there because I heard something coming at me. And I saw it splashing around, and then I was dead. And I was like, uh, Okay. And then, at, you know, when you're dead, you get the screen that says stay out of the water. So I'm like, oh, I know how to do this. This is kind of like the game I used to play when I was a kid, trying to stay off the floor. So I'm, like, hopping around from box to box. And, like, I, it, it didn't take a lot of trial and error to figure that out because they told me the one thing that I need to know to, to figure out the puzzles in this section instead of dying and getting frustrated at the fact that I didn't know why I was dying, really. So, I, you know, I, I thought that that part was well handled and it could have been more frustrating. Yeah. 
you know, oh, man. yeah. And then I think you're sorry. Go ahead. Um, not nothing. I mean, I was just, you know, head, head going on. I mean, go ahead, Dave. Well, I was just gonna say, I think the second time you die, it's somewhere around there, it uh, lets you know that distract with the dead body parts that are laying around the room. Yeah, and that, I don't know if you guys got that one or not. Yeah. I really like the part, so I I assume that we're okay with spoilers here, since this is absolutely we're discussing everything about the game. So I I really uh, like that sense of discovery when I like figured out how to distract the kink. Yeah. And like so, the first section I pretty much just held down the run button in this whole area. Yeah, I did too. And I was like, I don't really know where I'm going, but I'm gonna go there as fast as possible and then jump up on a box. So. Um, the whole the the first part with, I think pulling the lever and, and getting into the second area, I kind of got on my first try. But then when I was in the second area, I kind of ran all the way to the gate and didn't really know what to do. <laughs> I was like, crap! I don't really want to walk around this room because there aren't as many boxes as there were in the corridor part. And uh, you know, eventually I just threw the one thing that I could pick up, and I'm like, oh, it makes sense that this thing's gonna you know, eat that. And now I have time to turn this little handle yeah the um i I kept making the big mistake um of basically grabbing something throwing it into the water and then not waiting for him to go start eating it yeah so he start going after the 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 body part but then he come right back toward me and i was like shit luckily that the gate will it doesn't close whenever you stop turning it yeah. So you can continue just to make progress on it. I'm pretty sure one time I hit the monster with a box. Which surprised me because I know that you're not supposed to be able to kill them, but I'm like, well, if I can hit it with a box, maybe I can kill it. I don't know. Hmm. If it bleeds, you can kill it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I never tried doing any of that because I didn't know if it was something that was in the water or if it's something just invisible that's walking through the water you yeah. know it's first I kind of assumed it would be like ethereal and I wouldn't be able to hit it with anything yeah so I, I mean I really don't know but um, the tension that grew the most was whenever you basically the the, the big run yeah. After, after you get through there, you're like, okay, there's no really boxes to jump on, so I just need to haul ass, and so that's exactly what I did. And I was like, great, I just like just keep going, keep going. I close close every door behind me. The first time I closed the door, I started noticing he was bashing the door through. I was like, yeah, it's time to run. So I started running, and then you make it to the the final locked door, and you have to use the little needle to unlock it. And that was pretty much it. I mean, after that, you go into the um, the back hall. Is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think that's when you hit the back hall. Yeah. And it's the uh, the next big hub world where you're not going to get attacked. At least I don't think. Um. So, let's see. When you reach the back hall. There's you, you start having a, you have a flashback of basically there's an elevator that you can take and you um you you can't take the elevator because it's broken at the moment or it's not it's not functioning right now. Of course it is. Of course. <laughs> um, they pulled a Resident Evil on that one. Um, <laughs> so you have to go and repair it now. I. I don't necessarily say I knew what to do here, but I totally went to places where I got the parts before I ever went to the machine room. Yeah, I did too. Because I just started exploring. Like I, So when you first go into the back hall, there is a gust of wind that blows a door open. And you turn and look at it. And me being the idiot I am, said, you know what? That will be the last door I go through. So I started going. So I just started going to all these <laughs> other different doors, and basically started just picking up these random parts. Didn't really know what they were going to, but I was like, okay, they're going into my inventory. 
So you go upstairs to the guest room where you find the key to the um, to the machine room itself. Um, once you find the key, you are face to face with one of those creepy white things again. Yeah, that's the one that killed me. Yeah, I mean it busts through the door and. Like it even pops up then and saying it'd be best if you find some place to hide right now. So I jump into one of the closets, close it, and he stands around for about a minute and then walks away. They're not very smart, these guys. <laughs> um, so you get the key to the machine room. And then, I mean, if you went to the machine room, you'd start discovering, well, all right, you need these three different levers or levers, whatever you want to call them. And uh, one of them is in the guest room, while the other two were moved to the storage room. Or the storage, because it's not just a room, it's a fucking huge place. Yeah. So, um, you go get them. Obviously, you've already ran into one of them, because it, was in, it wasn't in the guest room, it was the, the one adjacent to it. I can't remember what that was. That was the kill room, where he killed all those, um, those dogs. That's where the first lever was, I believe. Lever. Lever, whatever. Excavating. <laughs> lever, lever, whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so they, so you get that one. You have to go down the storage room. Now, the storage room, to me, besides the water part, this part was genuinely creepy. The water part was frantically creepy to me. This one mm-hmm. is just fucking creepy because... You walk in and it's pitch black, and so th- there's a there's a weird thing that they do in Amnesia. It's like when you're in the darkness, like total darkness. It's really cool how like your eyes kind of adjust to the darkness, and you can see, yeah, li- see a little bit. Yeah, in the storage room, you can't do that. It even pops up saying the darkness is different here. Is or the darkness is strangely different yeah. here. Yeah, it's like yeah. unnaturally dark darkness. Yeah. And so, when you don't have your lantern with you, which we totally forgot to mention, <laughs> um, you get a lantern which you can fill <laughs> you can fill up with oil, um, but it will run out, and it runs out kind of fast sometimes. And I actually didn't use my lantern until I got to this section, and I just kept filling it up. I did this entire storage section without ever actually being in the darkness because I had my lantern the whole time. I was, uh, thought it was pretty creepy, so I. Didn't want to be in the dark for even like five seconds. Yeah. See, by the time I got to the storage section, my lantern was empty and I had nothing. Oh, man. So you go in here and it's completely, I mean, they give you a lot of light sources to, to light. So you get these, we totally forgot about the other stuff too. Um, you, you get these uh, tinder boxes. Tinder boxes, yeah. Where yeah. you can um, light, you know, torches. Um, and candles and things like that are around the environment. And they don't so, give you all that many, though. I mean, you, you get a lot of them, sure, but there are a lot more light sources that you could light up than you actually have enough tinderboxes to light up. This is true. Um, and that stuff doesn't throw off much light either compared no. to your lantern. No. It lights yeah. up the very immediate area, and that's it. Yeah. So... The storage room. I want to. I actually want to mention the first time I I ever did the storage room, which was like a year ago, but um, or it was a little bit less than a year ago. When I first ran into that room, and noticed how dark it was, I I I literally because that was the first place I went to, and I, I literally went, no no no, I'm not doing this right now, because <laughs> that that just creeped me the hell out. So going into this. I had already played it once before, so I, I, I vaguely remember what happens in the storage room. So it, it's, it's, it's a multiple things that you, you have to do down here. There's a bunch of different rooms, but the two things that you're, you're, you're coming for is obviously the levers. So... They're at the very end, of course they are. <laughs> but there's this one long corridor where there's a table. That table's covered with like chunks of just like raw meat, like obviously chopped up people. 
And there's a door directly across from the table. That door is barred shut. You can't open it. It won't budge. And so, well, this is before... No, no, no. Before that, we have to blow up the that place first, right? Or is that before? Is that before or after? I, th- I think that's after the explosives. Yeah, it I, is. If I'm it thinking is. of the same place. It is. So first, before I even get into that, the first thing you have to do is... So you, you solve puzzles, obviously, throughout this entire game. Um, combining different items together as well as finding stuff and and using it. Um, but you you read notes that basically talk about there's a an explosive... There's two chemicals that you can create or to combine together to create an explosive. Well, you can't... It's, it's one of the easiest puzzles in the game to me. You can't... You, you can't... <laughs> turn the valve on the the chemicals so you have to drill a hole into the barrel well i went and found the three pieces of the drill and put them together and then oh that was it was the the fastest puzzle i'd ever solved pretty much so you use this explosive to blow up where basically there was the the roof had collapsed there was rocks everywhere um i actually got damaged because i apparently didn't move far away enough i yeah i did too i was actually i was all the way up by the door that you can't open yeah yeah that's where i was i was surprised but i that was really cool because you know like you set the explosive and then it pops up says you should move away so i go up there i'm just kind of sitting sitting nothing's happening i'm like oh all right it's liquid so i just like pick up a bone that's standing next to me and (laughs) chuck it yeah and that (laughs) makes everything blow i thought that was really cool I like I totally forgot how to do that too, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" So I grabbed a rock and just threw it, and I was like, "Oh, there it goes." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm good enough." Boom! And then blood splatter. I was like, "What the fuck?" I actually got hurt by that. <laughs> so, um, so after the explosion, you then you go down deeper into the storage area. That's where this big table is, along with that door that you can't open. So you walk by the door, obviously, because you can't open it. You go down this little corridor. There's the two levers. Pick them up right away. You hear a growl behind you. And it says, you need to hide now. So I go behind these little boxes here and sit there. And, they ha- you know, they play that same music every time you have an encounter. I don't know how it goes, but, I mean, it's, it's the exact same music. And I sat there for two, three minutes in darkness. This guy would not fucking leave. And so I was like, I don't know what the hell to do here. So I finally just said, screw it. Got it and booked it. Ran directly <laughs> beside this guy. Like, me and him could have shook hands. That's, <laughs> that's how close we were. And so every time you see these white things... They kind of shuffle around, almost like a zombie. You know what they look like? They look like a uh, a shaved Sasquatch. So they they walk with their arms, kind of like you know, moving back and forth. They shuffle a little bit, and I was like, I figured they'd just stumble toward me, kind of deal. No, these things full out like run, and they're fast as shit. I didn't realize that because. When I ran past that one, that door that had been barred uh, next to the table, mm-hmm. all of a sudden bashes open whenever I run by it, and there's another one. <laughs> oh, man. And so I run up the stairs, because there's a stairs right there where basically where I blew up the, um, you know, where you blew up the thing. Mm-hmm. And I turned back around. I was like, surely, God, I've, I've covered enough ground to where they're kind of like, I can see them. And, you know, I could turn around and, and kind of breathe for a second. No, these things are running full fucking force like the juggernaut coming after me. And I was like, oh, my God, these things are going to reach me. Friggin' one of them tags me in the back, and I start just booking it running. And I swear to God, you like, with these headphones on, they do a real good job of, like, telling you how close something is. That fucking thing sounded like it was breathing down my neck whenever I opened the door to the back hall. Scared the living shit out of me. Oh my god, <laughs> did that scare the living <laughs> shit out of me? <laughs> I'm talking like, and I was. This was like yesterday, 
And I even knew this shit was going to happen. That's the thing. I was like, all right, there's going to be a second one. I can't really remember where he comes from, but I know there's going to be a second one. And then, boom, that door bashes open. I scream. My girlfriend walks in. What's the matter? I said, this is a fucking game scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> you know? So, um, <laughs> so after that, you have your two, you have your three components. You go back to the machine room. Put the you put the levers in, and there's multiple things you have to do in the machine room to get the steam running again to power the elevator. So you find notes and things like that that basically show you, all right, you're gonna have to calculate eight up, eight down, whatever. It's it's like you move in levers. It's it's all just a, a bunch of puzzles. Yeah, and you gotta find the uh, you have to find the cogs for the machine. Yeah, which. Not like they're very hidden. They're kind of just laying around. And they're gigantic. Yeah, yeah they're, they're hard to miss. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like you wouldn't be able to carry them. Yeah, they look... Given how big they are. He- heavy they look. Yeah. So, um, you, you put in the cogs. You, you put the charcoal inside the burner, which took me a while. I actually had a game fact that, because I didn't know what the fuck to put in there. I was like, what? You know, because they didn't tell you anything. It was like, there's no... There's nothing to burn in the burner. I'm like, okay. So I just started like grabbing random shit. Like I threw a hammer in there and a saw. And I like, yeah. I, I was like, fuck it. It's wood. Fuck it. So then I realized if there's a coal room or directly beside me <laughs> that I didn't even know. And you know, I threw some chunks of coal in there. So I got the elevator working. And um, leave the machine room. Go right down the hall, take the elevator, and um, yeah, I take the elevator down. Uh, since you guys haven't actually went down the elevator, I won't tell you what happens. Yeah, you're. That's that's right where I'm at. I have the steam on, uh, the coal is running, all of the cogs are in place. I just somehow managed to skip getting all of the levers. So I have just collected them, and then I need to go back and do those. But all the rest of that is done already. Gotcha. Yeah, I still need to grab the levers. And um, I will, uh, you know, basically we are going down to the prison. That's that's all. That's all I know so far. And this is as far as I've ever gotten this game. And that was that. That right at the very beginning, wasn't that the message that? You know, the Baron is in the prison and you need to go and kill him. He's in am, the, I, am I misremembering that? He is in the inner sanctum. Inner okay. Um, I, fr- from what I've looked on Game Facts, which they, they kind of break it down into areas, this is about halfway through the game. Yeah, yeah, I had to, I had to look at the same thing because I spent forever uh, in the room that has all of the diagrams for how to dissect a dog trying to figure out how to get past that because I hadn't noticed the cracked window out in the hallway. Ah. Oh yeah. So eventually I just had, I'm like, all right, I there's something, you know, I was trying to like, like, Oh, there's a statue on the right and there's one on the left and he doesn't have a head, but there's all these skulls. So I got to put heads on him. So maybe I need to burn shit in the fireplace. I, yeah, I tried lots of crap and then just said, you know what? Internet. Yep. That's the best thing to do, to be honest with you, and there's no shame in it. Now, I, I rationalized it as, well, I got to get this done because I'm supposed to go and talk about it. And, you know, I can't go on there and be like, oh, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> you obviously haven't listened to any of the other zombie frog game clubs because <laughs> there's been plenty of times where all of us are like I couldn't figure that shit out I was game facts that one so um but <laughs> but yeah that's um that's basically where we're, where we're at right now and um from what I understand we're about halfway um so far I, 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 I feel like I have a little bit of an advantage so far in this game due to the fact that I've already tried to play this game twice before so I basically had a, lot, a few of these things memorized. Gotcha. See, I had tried it before, but I only, I had only played like fifteen or twenty minutes of it. Yeah. Just just to see what it was like, and then I'm like, oh, I'll come back to this, and hadn't gotten around to it. So I, I'm really glad that we're finally getting the chance to dig into it because, so far, I, I'm loving it. 
Yeah, I'm very interested in it, and I I, I want to see how the rest of the story plays out because I still think that there's something else going on. There's something about Daniel that we don't know about. Yeah, yeah, that, it it feels like there's another layer there that that we're not seeing. Um, but no, I'm really enjoying it. I had actually never heard of this game until it got included in what was that? The last humble bundle like a week or two ago. Yeah. Um, and then saw a couple people tweeting about it's really great. It's really scary. So I picked it up and then just in talking to you guys that turned out to be a game that none of us had played. So that worked out perfectly because I was, yeah, really excited for it to check it out and i mean the the atmosphere is awesome it yeah it really is the the ambient sounds uh you know the the fog and just it it manages to do it without ever being cheap you know it it pays off with the monster just often enough that you can't go to sleep on and eh, there's background noise there's always background noise and nothing ever comes of it yeah, you know, it just it does a really nice job of stringing that tension along, so that when something does show up, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's kind of like uh, it's reminded me a little bit of like um, The Last of Us, how they show that like if you're surrounded by two guys, you're kind of screwed. Th- that's exactly what I thought of yeah. too when we started playing this. Is that idea of you know getting away from you can mow down thirty zombies. Like one thing is a big problem. Yeah. Yeah, if you're right that it was financial constraints that caused them to get rid of the combat, like that, that's a pretty fortuitous problem to have. Yeah. You they, know, working around that restriction and how, how to make it still fun if you can't fight lots and lots of these monsters. Yeah. You know, they, they came up with really, really effective workarounds. Yeah, with, with combat, it would just be... Um, it, it would be a first person jump scares. Yeah, yeah. basically is, is exactly, you know, it would be, it would be a first person resident evil kind of thing, which would be fine, but it, it wouldn't be half the game. It is. It, right. it would it not be as memorable as, as it is. Yeah. It, it would not stand out from the pack. It would be just another, you know, dead Island or any other melee based first person game. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, right now I'm really enjoying it and I think, um, I think I'm going to start getting back into the whole I don't know what the hell to expect coming up next. Yeah, I'm not eager to go into the prison because it kind of reminds me of the add-on content for Resident Evil 5. Yeah. Uh, one of the extra episodes takes place kind of in this creepy prison type area and I'm already unnerved just thinking about it. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm I get a big vibe of um Demon Souls or Dark Souls from this. I don't know why. I think it's just the environment, the area. Yeah, it's very cold. Yeah. And that's exactly what Dark Souls or Demon Souls always had. Yeah. So um but yeah, I'm 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 excited and scared to to jump back into this game because now I don't know what to expect and now I'm really gonna get freaked out. Cause I scare easy. If anybody, if anybody goes and watches my Justin TV channel and watches me play games like Condemned, you yeah, will, you will know, you will know that I scream like a little girl, and that's exactly what I've been doing in this game. Like when I first played it, and even last night whenever I was playing it, so ugh, it's it's like a chore almost to just sit down and play this game because I'm just so it's it's nerve wracking. This game is really nerve wracking. Even now, I'm hearing doors opening and closing. I know. <laughs> that that was just me letting the dogs out. <laughs> but no, the, the it is it is very emotionally stressful. Yeah. Like it, it it really hits those good notes that you would expect. You know, from a from a big movie or or something like that. I actually started playing it right after I got home from the theater, seeing Prometheus on Tuesday night, and this was way more tense than the movie <laughs> not that they're not you know not that they're intended to be a one-to-one thing or anything like that right. but and i'm i'm sure part of that is just because you are you, you're directly involved in what's going on um but yeah it's just yeah. it's 
it feels very well done uh, so far. Yeah, it's always been that way with games with me. If uh, you know, if I'm controlling that person for some reason, I don't want that person to die. Yeah, you know, I, I I never can explain that why playing a video game that that's that's scary is more scary than watching a movie. You know. See, I don't usually get that from games. I'll, this is the one I would say that has scared me as much or more than a, you know a scary movie. But m- most other scary movies tend to have enough else going on in them that I, the the scariness isn't the focus, and I I don't really get that those twinges. But you know th- th- this one did, and it was really the only one that ever has, as far as I can remember. Did you did you ever play Dead Space? Yeah, that wasn't scary. Oh God! I have so much with, more action in that. Yeah, and and with games like Dead Space and and really, with not to sound old, but you know, with with games nowadays and just the design and the direction of lowered penalties for dying. You know, you've got checkpoints, you've got all of this kind of stuff. It, it's kind of hard to feel that tension because for me most of the tension involved with dying is shit i'm gonna have to redo this whole area yeah yeah i'm gonna lose my items i'm gonna lose my goal you know the time that i died in minecraft was really tense because i just mined a crap load of stuff and lost it in lava you know i didn't care that my guy died i cared that i lost all my stuff so like i said you know for a game that basically starts you right at the same spot it, it still manages to be really tense when you're running from something going, oh, God, oh, God, as long as I get to this box, then I'll be okay for a second, and then I will figure something out. You know, there's actually another game that kind of reminded me of that that feeling that you're talking about, and you guys are probably going to think I'm off my rocker. Metroid Fusion. You guys ever play that game? I did not play that one. I did not either. It's, it's on the Game Boy Advance. It was the fourth Metroid game in the series. Like... I, I, I remember it. I never played it, though. Basically, Samus is being chased by Dark Samus. It's like an evil version of her. Um, It doesn't speak. It's like being controlled by some kind of virus that she gets. It's like a mutated version of her. (laughs) And it has every single power that she has. And when that thing shows up, you have to hide or run. And when it sees you, it is chasing after you full force, trying to kill you and murder you completely. That literally scared the crap out of me sometimes. Because every time like the music would stop, you just hear the footsteps just walking around. That's fucking creepy. <laughs> like, seriously, that game... Metroid, to me, has always been more... It's leaned toward a survival horror to me. But it's never been a survival horror. Because you're alone... You've got these things that are almost invincible to kill. You know, I've always loved the Metroid series. I always thought it leaned a little bit toward horror, in my opinion. It's very different, but uh, in Resident Evil 3, you've, always got, you've got the tyrant as a constant threat that you can't... Or not the tyrant, the, the uh, nemesis. nemesis. The nemesis. Yeah, that you can't really kill, so whenever it shows up, you pretty much just have to get out of there. It's like, yeah. it's like the tyrant from uh, Resident Evil 2. That, that's exactly what I was just thinking is Resident Evil 2 when you're doing the second playthrough yeah. and Mr. X just kind of wanders in at various points and it, you know, kind of like with Amnesia the game makes it really clear you're not going to kill this guy so you just need to move your ass out of here. Yeah. yeah. God. I remember that thing scared the shit out of me too when I was a kid playing that game. God. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, Amnesia. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Um, can't wait, man. To be honest with you, um, I guess uh, that that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Um, ran a little long, but I mean, this this is a more involved game than Halo to me, because Halo is spaceman shoot shit. It is. It is pretty straightforward in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is oof, this is this is a beast of a game. That's that's complex on more than just gameplay levels, but also like story levels. Um, but yeah, that's I mean that, that pretty much wraps up. Any, any final thoughts from you guys? Just really looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah. Yeah my my focus is really on all these story bits because as scary as the game is, 
I felt more engaged with it because of of the story bits, and I think the voice acting was all really done because some of the, a lot of the uh, journal entries and diaries and stuff are voiced. Yeah, and I thought a lot of those were really well done, and I I was so into those themselves that that really like brought me into the rest of the game. And uh, you know, I, I want to see if all those tie together and if if there's some kind of twist or if they're you know what, what what's going on with all these different stories yeah definitely but yeah that pretty much wraps it up for this episode and um we're gonna we're gonna come back next week and finish up uh amnesia the dark descent and uh give our final impressions and hopefully say we pissed our pants <laughs> <laughs> um i'm sure i will at some time but um anyway uh i'm drew I'm Matt. And I'm Dave. And uh, that's it for us. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye.